that's funny because that's not you and me sitting on that couch, and that's not our TV. Have you ever made a mistake like that? If you have, you know that one of the primary questions we ask ourselves is, how did that happen? How did that happen? We replay it in our mind. We go, I pulled it out of the box. I laid it down. I checked the orientation. When I put the mounting bracket on, was that upside down? How did that happen? If you've ever made a mistake, missed an opportunity, misunderstood another person, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We ask that question. We do it to understand. We do it so we can fix it. But we also do it so that we won't repeat it, right? So we don't make the same mistake again. We don't like to repeat mistakes ever. They can be costly, hurtful, embarrassing. We don't like to make or admit mistakes. When I was in junior high in woodshop, we were doing projects around wood burning. And so we were supposed to make something, and I made a plaque that simply said this, I've never made a mistake. <laughs> Sounds a little boastful, doesn't it? But I added below it these words, I once thought I did, but I was wrong. <laughs> and in my highly developed junior high sense of humor, I thought that was hilarious. To a degree, I still do. <laughs> Beth says I have humor issues. In fact, over the years, she has increasingly made a statement to me. She says this to me, if you have to tell me it's funny, it's not funny. <laughs> you ever heard that before? I've heard that so many times, I have started telling her, if you have to tell me it's not funny, it is funny. <laughs> Which I find funny, but she doesn't. She's way more mature than me. And she tells me it doesn't work that way. Look, we actually know and understand that we make mistakes. We're a people who make mistakes. And this statement is humorous because in and of itself, it is a mistake. And we all make mistakes. We have and we will. We'll make more mistakes this week. Some of us will even make mistakes today. They're like Doritos to us. Crunch all you want, we'll make more. We've all made mistakes. Some of them are big and some of them are small. Some are public and some are private. And whenever we make a mistake, one of the first things we often do is to look around and to see if anybody was watching. Because it's one thing to own a mistake in private, it's another thing to own a mistake in front of somebody else. But here's the thing. Regardless of if it's public or private, the key to mistakes is not just trying to avoid them, but knowing how to respond to them knowing what to do after we make them. And what we celebrated this past Easter positions us to be able to start over after we make those mistakes. Yet we can struggle to do it. We can struggle to start over. And, and too often, many of us just end up repeating the mistakes living a life of close but not quite, the kind of life that Paul described in Romans 7 as this, for I do, I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on what? Doing. doing. This I keep on doing. 
And too often, many of us just repeat mistakes. Even though we don't really want to, we end up repeating them. So here's the thing. If, if we are really going to start over, we need to rethink it. We need to think differently about it. And coming out of Easter gives us a great example of how to restart. A dead man coming back to life. But the resurrection of Jesus is not just an example for us. It is the source of power. It is the source of ability for us to start over in our lives. It's the source. You see, to hang a TV upside down is one thing. To not rethink or think how that happened as we try to fix it is a different thing. And if we don't consider how we got there in the first place, it's highly likely we'll end up hanging it upside down again. And so what we get to is this reality as we start into our conversation today that restarting requires rethinking to stop repeating. Why don't you say that with me? It's all together. Read this together. Here we go. Restarting requires rethinking to stop repeating. We've got to rethink what we're doing. If we're going to start over and avoid the same mistakes, we have to change the way we're thinking. We need to adjust our thinking. My dad is awesome. My, my dad's one of my heroes. He loves Jesus. He loves his family. And he, he has taught me many things. In fact, when I was growing up, one of the primary ways he tried to teach me was to ask me questions. He would ask me questions like, are you sure you want to do that? Did you hear what I said? What are the implications of that? And one of the hardest questions he would ask me would come on the heels of when I would make a mistake. You know what the question was? <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> now, I never really understood and knew how to answer that question, question. Maybe you've asked that question. Maybe you're currently asking that question of your children. But I have struggled with that one. I was never really sure how to answer. There was one occasion where I discharged my BB gun in a manner that allowed the BB to strike a window of our house. <laughs> and when that happened, I heard my father say these words. What were you? Exactly. And I wasn't sure how to answer. Because as I heard the question, I, I believe just based on the question itself, that what I should have been thinking wasn't what I actually had been thinking. I felt like it was just implied. And, and so I reverted to a go-to answer in that moment. Maybe you've used this before. I said, I don't know. <laughs> because in my mind, I figured a lack of commitment could lead to a lack of culpability, which hopefully would lead to a lack of punishment. But I was just a kid. And I didn't understand that my dad wasn't asking me that question to embarrass me or belittle me or even punish me. He was asking me that question to get me to rethink, to get me to think differently. Because restarting requires rethinking to stop repeating. It's a similar reason why Paul, a guy who made Tons of mistakes, many mistakes before he became the first missionary and an epic church planter and would go on to write nearly half of the New Testament. But he would write these words in Romans chapter 12. He said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, that renewing the mind statement literally means a renovation. 
a complete change for the better. So when we renew our minds, when we change and adjust the way we're thinking, then we are able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, and that's awesome. But listen, the guy who wrote this made mistakes. Early on, he was trying to please God by, by facilitating and, and the, the death and imprisonment of Christians. He wreaked havoc in the first century church until Jesus knocked him off his high horse and asked him, what are you thinking? Actually, he said, why do you persecute me? But it's the same thing. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? You need to rethink what you're doing. Restarting requires rethinking to stop repeating. And one of the hardest things, I understand this, one of the hardest challenges in restarting after mistakes is really what we think about ourselves after we mess up. It's, it's that part of it. After we hang a TV upside down, we struggle with what we think of ourselves. And we end up in a place where we struggle with insecurity, with doubt, with our value. We start to second-guess ourselves. We, we end up in a place where we're unwilling to try again. And that can simply lead us to a place where we just end up repeating the same mistake. Doing what we don't want to do. But listen, there is a way for us to stop that pattern. There's a way for us to start over and to consistently live differently. And so this weekend and next weekend, we're taking time to see how we do that. And one of the first realities that we need to understand in this journey is that we tend to overthink what we just need to rethink. We tend to overthink what we just need to rethink. Now, I have never hung a TV upside down, but I have made plenty of mistakes. And one of those mistakes came in college for me. When we were growing up, we owned a Volkswagen Dasher diesel manual transmission vehicle. And my dad made me learn to drive in a manual stick transmission. I hated it. But I watched my father in those seasons go out of his way intentionally to find service stations that would provide diesel because diesel was not as available back then as it is today. So when I get to college, my friend Dave and I decide to go to Chicago, from Wheaton to Chicago, and we borrow a friend's vehicle. And guess what? It is a Volkswagen manual transmission. And it's like the first time I'm glad my dad taught me to drive in that kind of car. So we get the car, and I explain to my friend that Volkswagen diesels require a certain type of fuel, and we need to find it. And so we found a spot. He got out. He started to fill the vehicle, and it took a long time. And so I stepped out to check on him, and he said, that's no big deal. The nozzle didn't quite fit, but I got it to work. We're just about done and ready to roll. <laughs> Some of you are already knowing where this is going. Yes, we filled an unleaded vehicle with diesel fuel. And when you do that, they don't run. <laughs> See, I overthought the situation. I made assumptions that I didn't validate, and I had a perspective that I held on to until it was too late. We tend to overthink what we just need to rethink. And I realize when we make mistakes, mistakes can chew up a lot of headspace for us, but the reality is that, that it is simple to start over. You see, before Paul wrote that section about renewing the mind, in chapter 8, he laid some significant foundations that we need to know about. And so I want to invite you to grab a Bible, if you have one, and turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Turn or click to it. We're going to be starting in verse 5. You're Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the New Testament. You're going to hit Acts and then Romans. If you get to the Corinthians, it's too far. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 5. And, and here's what we can read when we look at it here. 
Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So here's the deal. As I read this, I see a principle that you and I have talked about before as a church family. What Paul is saying is, look, there is a, there is a place of flesh and there is a place of spirit. There is in reality the, the physical and the spiritual. And if you've been with us in our hero series, you start to see a bit of a pattern here. There's a reality of the things that we can see and the things we don't see. There is the natural and the supernatural. And if you missed what was really a great series, we had a blast in it, the hero series, you can find it at heritageqc.com. Just click on the media tab and you can get there. But we see here even now, as Paul's talking, there is flesh and there is spirit. And so there really are, this is this reality of, of two different worlds. And what he says about those two realities is that the mind is able to engage in both. It's cool. We can set our minds on things of flesh or we can set our minds on things of spirit. In the areas of flesh, this would be what we may do. What we may do. In the area of spirit, this would be what we may be. Now here's where this gets interesting. We tend to think and move and say, look, I need to start with what I do in order to become something. This is how many of us start. This is what the world says. We need to do something in order to be something. But at the moment we start to live that way, when we set our mind on things of flesh, well, now we have ourselves in, in a caught in an impossible situation. It's a rat race. Always trying to do something in order to be something. We'll never actually get there. It will work for a time. We'll say, when I'm doing things really well, well, then, man, I am the man. When things are not going so well, well, now I start to struggle with who I am and my value because I'm trying to earn value in what I'm doing. And really what I'm doing is I'm splitting authority between us and God. And we really end up having this conversation really around identity. Who do we belong to? Who are we? And when we let our doing lead to being, we find ourselves in a scenario that never really works out. And it's not how God calls us to live. What God actually says is that we're supposed to, as Paul wrote, set our minds on things of the Spirit. And then from there, what we can do is let our being lead to our doing. When we do this, when we let our being lead to doing, well, now everything changes. Who we are is not defined by what we do. It is defined by a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Our being should lead to our doing, not the other way around. The world says you need to do in order to be. Jesus says you need to be in order to do. And you are a person made in the image of God, and you are loved by God. Therefore, your being can lead to doing. Far too often, we forget who we were supposed to be. In fact, that's your next fill-in if you're following along in your sermon note guide, is that we can forget who we were meant to be. 
meant to be a people who walk in relationship to God, meant to be a people who stand as a representation of him in this life, a reflection of him. We can forget who we were meant to be. And we can get caught up in the things of life, and we can get caught up in the physical world, the flesh world, and we can lose track of what is possible and what is true and what is real. Not kind of much unlike this commercial with, with another TV and two different guys. Take a look. Check this out. With this controller, your character will mimic your exact motions. See? Wait. Now throw me a pitch, just like we're outside. Want to get away? Now you can. <laughs> Listen, it's important to realize what realm we're in. Are we in the video world realm or are we in life? And we can forget, we can actually get lost in the moment and we can forget who we were meant to be. And we can end up throwing the remote at the TV. We can forget in that moment, we can get lost in the mistakes and not realize what realm we were created to live in, what realm we're supposed to be in. In fact, Paul goes on to say in verses 9 and 10, he says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But here's the next part of this. But if Christ is in you, if Christ is in you, then... Even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. If Christ is in you, everything changes. Look, we can get lost in the moment and we can get lost in our mistakes, but we are spiritual and that should define the physical. In Jesus Christ, our being leads to doing spiritual to physical, spirit to flesh. We are created by God for God. He is not just some divine being that we keep at bay and happy until we need something from him. He is not some all-powerful being that just wants to crush us with his authority. He is love. He loves you, and he loves you just the way you are. Therefore, you and I can live differently when we set our minds on the Spirit and let our being lead to doing. But still there's a question. What if we haven't been doing that? What, what if we have been letting our doing lead to being? How do we start over? Well, the reality is that starting over is simple. It's really simple because it goes back to the role that Jesus plays. And the Spirit gives life when Jesus Christ is in us. However, if all that Jesus is to you is a forgiver, he is just Savior, the one who has cleaned up your junk, then you will find him lacking. But if he is not just forgiver, not just Savior, if he is actually Lord with authority and King with power, well, then you can restart. You can rethink. And you can allow being lead to doing in his power. It, it's actually a simple thing. Restarting is simple. Because he's the one that does it. 
He, he's the one by his power that helps us restart. Restarting is simple, but it's not always easy. It's, it's not always easy. In fact, maybe you've seen one of these. An easy button. This is, this is from a great marketing campaign from Staples a while back. It, it was perfect. The idea that you can get what you want or what you need really quickly. All that gets done by a simple press. That was easy. And it's done. I mean, this right here, that seems pretty handy. To be able to push a button and to get a redo or a start over or whatever needs to change, get that fixed by just pushing the button. That was easy. And it's done. But listen, we don't have an easy button for life. But what we actually have is something far better. We have a risen Savior and a God who loves us, who wants to see us transformed. Look with me at verse 11 in chapter 8. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. My friends, that is far better than an easy button. That same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that thing we celebrated last week at Easter, that power is available to us. It is available to us. If Jesus is our Savior, Lord, and King, then we have, He has, gives forgiveness and authority and power, then you can restart, no matter what you've done or how many times you've done it. Think of it this way. If he can restart a life from death, imagine what he can do with a life that, that has dead hopes and dead dreams and dead opportunities. Imagine what he can do with a life that is just upside down or filled with the wrong fuel. Because what we're talking about when the Spirit is in us, that the power that begins here is the power that allows us to be, let our being lead to doing. The power that begins here breaks every chain Every habit, every addiction, every brokenness, every dead thing here. What starts in relationship with God through Jesus Christ, what begins here, his power imparted to us based on who we are, leading that into our doing, that changes everything here. It doesn't matter what you've done, how many times you've done it. When we live in relationship with him, we live out of that relationship, let our being leading to doing, then his power is at work in us, our mind is set on the spirit, not on the flesh, then what happens in the flesh is radically transformed. Every messed up thing in the doing part of your life can be transformed because of his spirit at work within us. He gives us a restart like no other. And we've all made mistakes. We all have. And we all have things we wish we could go back and do over. But Jesus offers us something better than an easy button and a do-over switch. See, he rose. And because he rose, our yesterday doesn't determine where we go tomorrow, just where we start today. This is huge. Because far too many times we set our minds on things of flesh and the things of yesterday and we can't move past it. Yesterday doesn't determine where we go tomorrow, just where we start today, because Jesus conquered sin and death. And you can restart. You can start over. No matter what you have done or how many times you have done it, God still longs to live in relationship with you. He wants to restore what's been lost, what's been taken, what's been broken. 
He wants to wash you clean from the mistakes of your past, the mistakes of yesterday. All you have to do is receive him. Receive his gift of forgiveness, receive his gift of grace, receive his love, receive his power, and let your being lead to doing. Put your identity in him, and then that gives you purpose for today and tomorrow. I found a great quote, I love it, that although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. That statement reflects the reality of what Jesus does. Because he rose from the dead. The, the, the things that are upside down in our life or filled with the wrong fuel or broken or just simply messed up. Those things can be made, those things can be made new by his power. That same power that raised him from the dead, that spirit lives in you if Jesus is your Savior and Lord. Rethink it. Be who you were created to be. Sit before him, receive him as Savior, as Lord and King. Then he'll empower you to do what he created you to do. So I wonder what it is that he wants you to rethink in your life. What does God want you to rethink or to restart in your life today? Because here's the thing, today is the day. It's the day to step away from thinking that says you've made too many mistakes. That there is no power to stop doing what we don't want to do. That you can't be forgiven or that you can't be made new. Those are all lies. They're not true. It is true that we can't go back and undo what's been done. But we can go forward. If you ask Jesus to renew your mind, if you establish your identity in him, if you live where your being leads to doing, you can restart. And there are simply two things that I believe we need to all consider as we consider stepping from this place we are to a restart with him. And those fir the first part of that is to deal with our junk, to deal with our mistakes, to deal with the stuff that should have never been, to deal with our sin. And it means that we need to redeem it rather than run from it. We need to redeem it rather than run from it. A true restart means dealing with that stuff that shouldn't have happened. We just can't bury it. We need to offer it up to Jesus to fix. And since he rose that first Easter, he restarted his life, you and I, we have an opportunity to restart ours by his power at work in us. And the first part of that is to let him redeem what is dead and broken. Look back with me at Romans chapter 10, or chapter 8, verse 10. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. The Spirit gives life. So the hardships and difficulties and the things that we experience in life no longer need to define us. The doing doesn't have to define who we are. Who we are in him can define what we do. When we offer it up to Jesus, when we let him fix it, we let him redeem it. It is a beautiful thing. And if you're in need of that kind of restart, all you need to do is have a sincere conversation with him today. I actually want to recommend a specific way to do that. It's on the bottom of page three in your sermon note guide, underneath the big blank notes section. If you 
have already, at some point in your journey, prayed a prayer asking for forgiveness, asking Jesus to be Savior, and you've been working on the Lordship journey, okay, if you have done that, I want to encourage you to consider praying this prayer with me if you find yourself today in need of a restart. If you have not prayed that prayer asking Jesus to be Lord ever, you've never really done that, you've not stepped into a relationship with God through Christ, there's another prayer, it's actually on the back page of this document that I would encourage you to pray. But for those who have received Jesus at some point and along the way in the complexities of life, in the mistakes of life, in the moments where we have thrown the remote at the TV, and you, you find yourself now in a place you need to restart, I want to invite you to silently pray this prayer with me as I read it out loud. Because this is your opportunity to begin that restart. So I invite you to pray with me if that fits with where you're at in your journey. Heavenly Father, you know my sin and failure, and I bow humbly before you asking you to forgive me. I forgot what I once knew, and I've walked away depending on myself. Today I once again offer all that I am to you and ask that you would transform me by your power. I pray in the name of Jesus, my Lord and Savior, that you would fully restore me and help me walk in love and obedience as I restart with you. Amen. If you prayed this prayer, you have begun the restarting journey. You, you have, it is a restart for you. This is a new day. There is a clean slate. And I would love to know where you're at in this journey. Because there is an opportunity for us to come alongside each other, to encourage one another, to connect in relationship, to provide resources, to make sure that we continue in this journey in a way where we set our minds on things of spirit and not of things of flesh. There is a part that we play in this journey. It is by his power that the transformation work happens, but our part is not performance. It's not doing to being. Our part is to step in obedience. It starts and ends with Jesus, but we need his power at work within us to see all that happen. And if you prayed that prayer, I celebrate, and I'd love to know you can mark your communication card, drop it in the offering bucket when it comes through. But this is the beginning of a restart for you. But as we have his power at work in us, as we need his power at work in us, there's one other thing that I want to remind everybody of, whether you've made this decision as a restart or you've actually prayed the other prayer as a first start. And that thing is that remember what you once knew. Remember what you once knew. Don't forget this moment. There's a reality that when we journey through the mistakes and challenges in life, we tend to forget things that we once knew, like the initial feelings of forgiveness, the joy of salvation, that we are made for more and we end up settling for lesser things. Remember what you once knew. Live in your identity in Christ, His power, being, leading to doing, when we do that, then we live in a way with an awareness of our dependence upon Him. And that enables us to do what the Lord says in Isaiah. He says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See that I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Remember what you once knew. Remember that, that you are loved by God. You are loved by him unconditionally. You are made in his image. And by relationship with him, your being can lead to doing. All that he created you to be, by his power at work in you, you can experience as it's lived out in the world out of his power at work in you. 
No matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, as you sit in relationship with God through Jesus Christ, everything changes. And the restart, where we go from being to doing, allows us to live. Not just any life, but life to the full. Forget the former things. Remember what you once knew. And as you do that, the Lord will seek to refine and, and stretch and grow you into far more than you could ever ask or imagine. Today is a day of restarting. If you've prayed that prayer, I celebrate. If you're still thinking about it, I encourage you to pray that prayer before this is done. We're going to spend some time in prayer now. We're going to move into a time of worship. But these few moments are moments where you can move from yesterday, starting today, with a whole new tomorrow. If you're just willing to rethink and not continue to do to be, but be in order to do for his glory. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to gather for a few moments to look at your word and to hear from your spirit. God, I pray that we would be a people who set our minds on the spirit and allow our being to lead to doing. Father, help us not to set our minds on things of flesh. Oh, it's so easy to do. We can see that stuff. It's, there's temptation to it. There's a draw to it. But, but Lord, we want to depend on you. We want to live out of our identity in you. We want to live out of your power at work in us. That same power that, that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power is at work in us. And so I pray for all of my brothers and sisters, those that have maybe started a relationship with you or those who have restarted one. God, I pray that your power would increasingly work and move and you would have your will and your way. We don't have to earn this. We can't earn this. But Father, as we sit before you, as we stay in relationship with you, and we allow our being to lead to doing, God, you do things that we couldn't even begin to ask or imagine. So as we step back into worship, may you continue to speak. May we hear from you. And may we, may we follow your leadership, your authority, your love, as we sit before you and your son, who we call and recognize as Savior and Lord and King. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen.